You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show. Let's go! What is going on? Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about something that happens very, very often. Uh, We're going to be talking about a situation that I don't know why it feels like this always happens, but it just seems to always happen. And that is, you get an email, and you have a last-minute email saying, hey, can you come to an interview tomorrow? Or can you attend an interview tomorrow? Can you join a Zoom interview tomorrow? And so we're going to be talking about what happens when that, what do you do when that happens? Because it's kind of weird and I still don't understand, well, I kind of understand it, but let's talk about this. Why is it that when we apply and we're looking for a job and we're we're in it, have this sense of urgency, maybe we have graduated, maybe we are going to graduate it, but all these reasons and the companies seem to want to take their time. And then at the other hand, when you want them to speed up, they're really slow. But then when they want something from you, they want something from you right away. They want something from you like yesterday, right? And so today we're going to talk about that. It happens all the time. Whenever it's about them, they're going to take their sweet time. But whenever it's about they need something from you, they want you to send that email right away. They want you to send that paperwork right away. They want you to interview right away. And that just happens. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But um, if you're watching me on LinkedIn live, um, if you're on LinkedIn, put something in the comments. Let me know that you're here. Uh, Give me some love so it doesn't feel like I am speaking to a camera. It's super weird. I like having a live audience. I like having an audience. But so give me some love. Let me know that you're here. Uh, Put something in the comments. Let me know who's here, who's watching, um, and so on. Also, um, I will make this announcement a couple of times if um, it will be impossible for me to cover everything in what I'm about to cover in the next 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how many questions we have. But if you want the workshop, right, if you want, uh, we have a workbook that we create for our clients on how to master the interview, right? If you would like this workbook, whether you're a client or whether you're here as a guest, uh, put hashtag mastering college to career. And after this workshop, I will go and reach out to you and and give you this PDF document. Um, So if you want that, remember, just put hashtag MC2C um, in the comments. And we will that's kind of letting us know that you're interested in having this workbook share with you. Um, I think it's over like 25 page PDF document covering a lot what I want to talk about today, but a little bit more detailed and some scripts. Um, But let's kind of get started. Um, Super excited about this again. Yep. It it always works like that, Alex. Oh man, good to hear from you. It always, always works that way. When it comes to the company side, they take their time. um, But whenever they are ready to move forward and take you to the next stage, it is fast. It is really fast. And and so we have to react that way and we have to do it. Well, um, let's start by this. Number one thing, right, is when should you start getting ready for interviews? 
right? Um, and if you think, give me a, let me know in the in the chat. Uh, let me know what you think. What the answer is? When you should start getting ready for interviews? And here's the answer. Now, now, if you're applying for jobs, if you are looking for jobs, if you're in the job search process, right? Um, then the reality is you will need to go through the interview stage before you even get an offer. So there's no point of you delaying that. And it might as well just start getting ready for the interviews now. Now, how do you get ready for the interviews? Um, I think we will go over that in details. But today, I will focus mainly on saying, okay, if you have 24 hours and your interviews tomorrow, what can you do today to dramatically increase, in the, increase your chances of getting notice, right? of getting hired and passing to the next round? So let me share my screen. Doo, 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 doo. Um, if you're listening to me on the podcast, you can always come to my LinkedIn and you can watch this. Um, doo, doo, doo. But let's go. There you go. So advanced tech over here. So advanced tech. And also, please, if you're watching this, share this. Uh, share this live so that more and more people can get access to it and get this amazing information. I'll be super grateful for that. And if you want the workbook, put hashtag MC2C. If you're listening to me on the podcast, this comes out next week and you want that workbook, uh, just come on LinkedIn, send me a message and let me know you heard me on the podcast. And I will also share with you this workbook. Or you can also find me on Instagram and, and same thing. I'll share with you this workbook. But today, what we will go over, what you will learn is what should you research before the interview? And we're going to talk about creating a potential proof document. This is uh, a secret weapon to allowing you to help you get to the next round of interviewing. Uh, so let's start with this. Look, the best thing you can do is research, right? Uh, the best thing you can do is prepare yourself. Proper preparation prevents poor performance, the five Ps, proper preparation prevents poor performance. And so what, how you can prepare is doing the research. And when we talk about doing the research, there's three main areas that you need to understand when it comes to doing the research. Number one, the company. Number two, the role. Number three, the person that is interviewing you, right? And understanding those three buckets are going to be extremely, extremely important. And just like it, I want you to start from the top, the biggest piece of it, which is the company, move down to the role, and then move down to the person that interviews you, okay? And um, if you have questions, uh, type them on, and I'll come to the end, and I'll answer them as well. But so researching is really, really, really important. And when I'm talking about research, um, and we're talking about the company. I am not looking, I'm not just saying, hey, just go to the company's website, read their mission and vision, and then call it a day. Like, I think that is on a, on a scale of one to 10, one being like nothing, and 10 being you're a complete expert. Like, you can literally work as an analyst for Goldman Sachs to this company. Um, that's a 10. If you just went to their website, that's a minimum. Like, that is like that is a one, in my opinion. What I want you to do is just research everything. I think one of the most important things to know and to take into account when you're researching the company is understanding how the company makes money, how the company makes money. What are the products? What are the services? Um, understand the strategy. What's their competitive advantage? What's the competitive landscape? Who is their biggest competitors? What makes them different, right? 
What is the outlook of the company in the future? How has the company been affected because of COVID? Was it positively affected? Was it negatively affected, right? Uh, What about the industry in which it plays? Is the industry a healthy industry? Is the industry growing year after year? Or is the industry uh, threatened by other companies, right? Like you see a lot of uh, conversations in the health and the, the health right where Amazon is going in and, and creating pharmacies so it could be disrupted right or um, tons of other industries being affected like the hotel chains like Marriott and Hilton how have they been affected because of Airbnb and what does the outlook for them look like in the future so understanding all these things are so important like understanding all of this is crucial and I want you to become an expert now if you want to be a really big expert in the company, right? And you might not have time to do this if you have 24 hours, but this is like like a ninja trick, is if the company is public, if the company is a public traded company, read their annual report, read their 10K report that anybody can read, or go and listen uh, to the last quarterly call, the quarterly earnings call that the CEO does, right? Um, That annual report, it's long, right? It's hundreds of pages and you don't have to read all of it. Just read the, the, the executive summary, read the first 10, 15 pages, look at the financials and look at the health of the company. Look at the strategy of the company because it's going to tell you so much about where the company is going, right? Um, that is, and it, it's so, so important to do that. Um, and maybe that's something that we can cover in a future call is how to read a 10K report. Maybe what we'll do is that we'll bring in uh, an expert to do that because I'm also not an expert. I read them. Um, I, I've read it. I read the PepsiCo one when I was going into PepsiCo. And even when I am studying uh, different companies, the last one I read was Corsetta, right? Corsetta, uh, they're about to go public. And it, I think it's in the leading and e-learning. Um, and I am in the e-learning space. So I wanted to learn them so well. So I, what do I do? I read their 10K report. That is literally the best information, everything that you need to know for people to decide whether they want to invest in it or not. So that is a trick. Uh, best way to learn about the company is read the 10K report. Now, on top of learning about the overall company strategy, I also want you to learn the role, right? I want you to understand how does this particular role that I'm about to go into, how does this particular department that I'm about to join, right? How does that play into the overall mission, vision? Uh, how does this department role help the company achieve their goals, right? How does it do that? You need to understand this. How do you play? Because regardless of what job you do, it doesn't matter if you're in sales, it doesn't matter if you're in finance, it doesn't matter if you're in and engineering, it doesn't matter what role. And if you can find a role that doesn't meet into this bucket, uh, please let me know in the comments. Every single role will either make the company money or save the company money. And you need to have complete clarity on how does your role play into the company and how do you pay for yourself? It's so, so important. So Think about that question. The roles that you're currently applied to or the role that you last applied to, does it make the company money or does it save the company money? Um, It can be a little bit of both too, but ultimately you have to have clarity about this. Because think about this for a second. Every company, regardless of its size, whether it is um, an Amazon, an Apple, a Facebook, a General Motors, a Lockheed Martin, or if it's a small company like Mastering College to Career, 
we all have limited resources, right? Even the U.S. government has limited resources, meaning that if I am going to hire someone to do marketing for my team, or if Amazon's going to hire somebody to be an area manager for their distribution centers, right? They're saying, hey, limited resources, we're allocating someone to do this job because we feel like this is an amazing investment and is a better investment than what we can do with this money somewhere else. Because if I allocate or if Amazon allocates $100,000 for this particular role, they can't use that $100,000 to buy a new truck. They can't use $100,000 to buy a new piece of software. They can't use $100,000 for marketing. They can't use $100,000 for anything else right? So you need to understand your role. You need to understand how does that play into the overall strategy and does your role make you money, make the company money or save the company money. Now, if you've gone to tip number one and you researched the company and you understood the company's strategy, you should also look into what is the profit margin of the company, right? If you looked into PepsiCo, or more like Frito-Lay, I might be off on this number now because I'm not having worked there in three years, but it's so important to know what the profit margin is. So let's 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 do a little exercise. If I was a district manager or I was a you know an account manager at PepsiCo, right? And the profit margins of the company was 20%. So out of every dollar, 20 cents are profit for PepsiCo. If I am making a hundred thousand dollars. How much money, how many, how much sales do I need to bring into PepsiCo to just pay for myself, right? For me to be a good investment on the company. And if, if it's a 20%, right, then I need to bring in more like $400,000. I think I did that math wrong, right? If I did, if I did it wrong, call me out on the chat. I want to know. Um, I will need to bring around uh, $500,000, half a million dollars to be able to just pay for myself right? But I don't want to just pay for myself. That's not a good investment. I need to do more than that, right? And so I think it's really important for you to do the math and say, okay, well, how much revenue, how much profit did the company generate as a whole? And maybe what you do, you can divide it by the number of employees the company has, and then it can allow you to think, okay, how much profit does each employee need to bring to the company for it, right? And you can do that. And then you can start thinking of the problems and what you need to do to either save the company money or make the company that much money and more. Because ultimately, the person who can prove they are the best investment is the person that's going to get the job, right? And so understanding this is so, so important. Um, and it's so, so critical in the strategy and the mindset that you go into this interview. And I know you're like, well, Daniel, what does all this have to do with interview? Well, Right now, I need to help you get your mindset and everything prepared. There's nothing, there's not much you can do to get ready, technically speaking, to go into the interview in one day, right? If you're going into a technical interview, I'm sorry, and you have 24 hours, like if you didn't learn it before, it's gonna be very, very hard. I would just say, hey, go do some, some practice tests and things like that. But what I think is the most important thing that you can do if you have 24 hours is prepare your mindset is to have this mindset and understand what the other person in the other side is thinking and how you can prove to them and show them that you are the best investment, how you are worth a shot and how you have clarity on how you are going to add value to the overall company, right? So um, recap this slide really quick. Uh, the first thing I need you to do if you only have 24 hours 
is to really focus, right? To really, really focus on doing the research. And you want to do the research on the company and the role. Now, we've, we're missing one more, which is the company, the role, and the person interviewing you, which is what we'll cover in this next slide right here, right? And is the interviewer. Now, we should know about the company. We understand the role and what it has to do with the overall company and how we either make money or we save money. But the third thing is too, is who is interviewing us, right? Who are they as an individual? Who are them as a person, right? Um, what do, find commonality. You know, do we go to the same school? Do we have the same major? Like find commonality. The more commonality, the better, right? Bring out the commonality in the conversation. And then on top of all that, I also want you to understand what is their role. Um, I'm going to generalize here, but um, most of you, when you are interviewing for a role right after college, um, you're going to go through a series of interviews. And in a very most likely scenario, you'll get to interview a recruiter. Uh, generally, that's going to be one of your first interviews. If not your first interview, um, that's actually going to be your screening interview, right? Um, then you also might interview uh, the hiring manager. The hiring manager is the title that we give to the person who ultimately determines whether you get the job or not. That is the manager of the team that might be the senior engineer, the managing partner, a director, a manager, right? They are the one who would be most likely be your boss if you were to get the job. Um, they, I call them the decision maker because ultimately, right, they're the ones who get to decide who gets the job or not. Like how can the vice president or the president actually hold that person accountable, right, if they didn't even actually get the say on who gets the job or not? So most companies will give that final decision on the manager of the department. And then a lot of companies, depending on the role, will actually have a senior leader get involved. Also, a lot of companies will also want, um, want people who would be working with you, your coworkers, right? What we call them influencers. They're not necessarily going to be your boss, but they can influence the hiring manager and say, you know what? I can see myself getting along with Daniel, or I can see my I can see Daniel being a good fit to the team, and they can influence that decision. A lot of times, these people they're the ones that we add to the panel. If you have a panel interview, and so you can have tons of other people. Sometimes you can even have someone in HR be involved, aside from the recruiter, more like an HR partner or an HR generalist get involved in the interview process, and um, and and so on. And I think you have to understand that. Uh, going back to what we were talking about, the company and all these steps, the the more you, the bigger like the compensation is for the job that you're applying for, or the bigger the role, the bigger the problem that you're solving for the company, the more steps in the interview you're going to have because the more the companies give all these layers in interviewing because it's a way to mitigate their risk when it comes to their investment, right? If you're investing a dollar, you might not have to interview or speak to anybody. But if you are looking to um, hire like a, a, a career coach like myself and my program uh, costs more than, let's say, than $500, you might be very hesitant to just go to my website and buy it. You might actually want to speak to me first to see if it's a good fit, right? And it's the same reason why if you wanted to go get a job at McDonald's to be like an hourly employee, you might have one interview and get hired on the spot. But if you're going to be the manager of the store, you might actually have to interview two or three people because you have a lot more responsibility. You have a lot more skin in the game. You have a lot, you're a much bigger investment for the company. So I want you, let me slow down a little bit because I think I was talking extremely fast here. What I want you to do now is to say, 
who is interviewing me. And that's important because every single person I just mentioned from the recruiter, from the hiring manager, from the influencer, from the senior leader, all have different goals and are all looking at things differently. They might ask you the same question, but they're looking at it in a different point of view. They all have different goals, all have different agendas, and you need to know that so that you can tweak your answers to that person. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that, right? The recruiter, their job is to get the most qualified candidates and bring them to the hiring manager because the hiring manager just does not have the time to review everybody's resumes and to screen them all out. And so what happened is that when there's a job open, uh, the the hiring manager might go to the recruiter and say, hey, I need to hire this person. The recruiter might do an intake uh, conversation and say, okay, Mr. Hiring Manager, what is it that you're looking for? And the hiring manager might say, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. Now, in that 30 minutes, it can be longer, it can be less, depending on the company, depending on the role, right? Then the recruiter goes and creates a job description if they already don't have one, and they'll just post it online, right? And they'll just post it and go to their maybe their candidate base, and they'll post a job on their website, whatever that might be. The recruiter's job is to say, okay, how do I save the hiring manager some time? How do I use my expertise? And how do I go and then absolutely bring the best candidates? Because the better I do my job, uh, the better candidates I give them, and the less people that the hiring manager needs to interview, the better I do on my job. And everybody likes to do good at their job. So if your job, if you're, sorry, if you're interviewing with a recruiter, then you need to say, okay, how do I prove to him or her, right, that I can do the job? And what is the best friend of a recruiter? The job description, right? And it depends, right? Uh, You're going to face in your career, you're going to have some amazing recruiters on the other side, but you also might have some horrible recruiters on the other side, right? But it's like anything else. You can go to a good barber, you can go to a bad barber, right? But so I want you to do is make their job easy. And how do you make their job easy? If you're dealing with a recruiter, you use the job description and think about that as your cheat sheet. Think about this being an open book test and you use what's on the job description as your cheat sheet. And you wanna make sure that within the 30 minute, 45 minutes, one hour time that you're speaking to the recruiter, whether they ask you about it or not, you're finding a way to express how you check the boxes in the job description. Because what the goal of the recruiter is, is can they do the job? They're not so much focused on the dynamics of the business, of your personality with the team. They might not even be very familiar with the team. Now, if it's a, if it's a really good recruiter and the recruiter actually acts more like a partner, they, they actually might have a lot of, uh, they might have a relationship with people on the team and might know that. But, but for the vast majority, I think that the key in the first interview is to focus on understanding and proving to to them how you can do the job. Now, if you are dealing with the hiring manager, right, they're going to make sure that you can do the job. But more than anything, they want to make sure that you're going to be an asset to the team, right? Are you going to function well with the team? Is there a good team chemistry? Are you going to add to the culture and not take away from the culture, right? Because he's in charge of keeping the team 
uh, working together to be able to have good communication. And you could be a very, very talented individual, but if you're horrible at working in a team and it requires you to work with others, then you might not be the best hire for the role, right? Um, and so you need to think about that. Uh, and then if you are dealing and you're having a conversation with like a, a director or a vice president or somebody more higher up, then they're not only looking, can you do the job that we want, that you're interviewing for today, they're looking for potential. They're looking, hey, they're, they're more strategic. They're looking more long-term. They're saying, hey, can we hire Daniel not only to be a sales associate at PepsiCo, but can he potentially be a director? Can he do the next role and the next two roles after that? And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for, for, for growth because people, most companies, when they're hiring college students, they're not just hiring you for that role right there. They're hiring you to become a and, and continue to grow within the company, which is one of the biggest advantages that companies want to hire college students uh, versus hiring somebody that has three to four, five years of experience. And so that is um, that is really, really important there. Um, and then also understand why is the role open, right? What, what was who had the role before? Was that person? promoted? Did that person transfer departments? Did that person quit? Did that person get fired? You want to understand this and be able to understand what you can do better. And, and that becomes really, really important. Now, one thing too, that I want you to, to have is to have a couple of questions at the end of the interview. And I've seen this be very, very common where you think like at the end, when you're interviewing, they say, Hey, uh, do you have any questions for us? And you say, no, I don't. Um, we think that that is like the right answer. And the reality is that you, we think that by saying that, hey, we don't have any questions, that we're showing that we can, um, it's not straight. Uh, we're showing, let me fix the camera. We're showing that, hey, um, no, we did our research. So actually, because I'm so good at research, I don't have any questions. And that actually shows that you don't care. I want you to always, always, always ask questions. And I want you to ask a minimum of three questions, okay? And here, uh, I'm not gonna tell you like, every question. I think the questions really really should be changed based on the scenario. But I'll, I want you to ask a question about the company. I want you to ask a question about the role. And I want you to ask a question to the interviewing that's interviewing you. But regardless, I always want you to finish the interview with this question. This is the question I want you to all, moving forward, promise me that you're going to ask this question. Um, and the question is, is there any particular reason why you think I might not be a good fit for this role? And here's why you always want to finish with this question. Because you'll get instant feedback. Because is gonna allow you to know where you stand in the interview. Now, there's three things that can happen when you ask this question, right? One, they can say, hey, Daniel, you did great. Like, hey, I think you're a great fit for the role. Uh, you're, you're great. No, there's no reason why I don't think you'll be a good fit. And if that's the case, then what I want you to do is follow up and say, fantastic, I'm really glad you think so. Uh, what are the next steps, right? So right there and then, before the interview is over, you're already letting them know, what you should do next, what can you expect from them? Is there another interview or is there an, is this considered a verbal offer? Like you just know what the next steps is. Now, that's not always gonna happen, let's be realistic. You know, I hope that, that that's the case, but that's not always the case. So what happens next is this, right? They might just 
try to avoid the message, like the question and, and not even give you a yes or a no. And they'll just be like, you know what, Daniel, um, thank you for coming. Thank you for interviewing. They'll be super polite. But we have other candidates that we still need to interview and consider. We will let you know. And if that's the case, like if that, you know, that could be a very common way to deflect that question. If that's the case, then you just want to follow up and says, you know, thank you. I understand. Um, when when would be a good time for me to follow up? When can I expect a result? Like when can I where can I expect an answer? Um, so what I want you to do is to leave the interview with at least knowing what the next stage is. Not just leave it up to luck. Not just leave it up to hope and things like that. And if that's the case, um, um, you always want to follow up regardless of the outcome. Now, worst case scenario, worst worst case scenario, they they say, you know what, Daniel? Um, unfortunately, I just don't think you have enough. X, Y, and Z, or our Daniel, you know what? Um, you're, you were great, but I just don't think that you have enough leadership experience to do this role. Or in this, in this scenario, they're essentially saying, hey, you know, you're just not the right fit. You lack experience, you lack X, Y, and Z. If that happens, this is your one chance. This is it. This is what you're made for. This is your one chance, like Eminence says, your one opportunity, right? to overcome that objection. And A, you can either say, here is why I actually have what you're looking for. Here's why I actually have enough leadership. Um, and you can say something like, you know, uh, sir, ma'am, I, I understand where you're coming from. I am sorry if I didn't communicate my leadership experience well enough, but I've actually been the captain of my soccer team, was the vice president of a, pro a professional fraternity, was uh, was a peer amongst uh, my my other can my other sales associates at Universal, like, and you can just go on and on and on and explain it. Now, let's say that you actually don't have that experience. Let's say that you are actually going and interviewing for a more technical role, and you just don't have enough experience in Python or C whatever that might be the case. And and you can just then say, here's what I'm going to do to get that experience. Now, will that at that point save the interview? Maybe not. But what it can actually do is allow you to keep the door open for future, right? A lot of times when you interview for companies and once you get rejected, they do a six-month cooling-off period. And in this cooling-off period, it's supposed to give you enough time to allow you to build up the skills that you didn't get the internship or the, the job for. And so what I want you to do is to say, here's what I plan to do. Uh, maybe even have a follow-up question and ask them a little bit more of what you should focus on and say, oh, I understand and, and I've been doing some research and I know that um, since I won't be, uh, be selected for this particular role, I have to wait six more months to be considered. And uh, working at Amazon, it is a dream come true. And so if, if it's okay with you, can we stay in contact? And can I keep you updated in my progress to increase, increase the skills? Because I would love to be considered to be part of your team in six months. Um, you would be surprised how many people want to help you. Like people are good people. Most people are good. Most people want to help you, but, and you just have to give them that ability to help you and be open and be vulnerable to it. Um, so that is why I think you should ask that question. And I'm going to actually recap this question again, one more time. And that question is, is there any particular reason why you think I might not be a good fit for this role? Um, and it's important to know because if you try to wait until you get rejected and then ask for feedback, you will not get any. Um, and this just really comes down to the companies protecting themselves from liability. Um, but if you ask it in the interview, you're more likely to get some, some 
some feedback and be able to ultimately bounce back from it or continue their relationship in order to get there. So um, just to recap it all, right, it's super important to do the research on the company, the role, and the interviewer. It's extremely important that you're asking questions at the end and you ask the last question. And then um, the next thing I want you to do is if you have the time and if you don't, like I, I don't care if you don't sleep that, that, that day before the interview, right, maybe sleep a couple of hours so you're rested, but um, I need you to create a potential proof document um, and a potential proof document is essentially a, it doesn't have to be too complicated, right? But it's a way for you to prove on why you are the best investment for the company, right? Why should the company spend $100,000, $70,000, $50,000 on you and why you do that? And in that plan, uh, in a more simple plan, you just want to essentially say why you want to work at that company. Why should they hire you and your 30, 60, 90 day game plan once they hire you? Um, and how it looks like a Google when you're Googling something in the Google landing page and what it shows the company is, look, I really want to work for you. Like me, me applying for this job is not luck. I have complete clarity why I want to work for you, why I'm the right fit. I've done my research. I've done my homework. I'm essentially it's like bringing girls flowers like you're showing them that you care like this was not luck that I'm not just here to do like I'm here for you Google I want you Google I'm the right fit for you Google uh, I did my due diligence and it just shows um, effort I'm gonna show you two more one that was these are all my clients uh, this one's one for Disney from Maria right Disney theme again they all look different but it all kind of has the same the same kind of theme ultimately it's without a doubt it shows why you're like why you want to work at Disney so bad. Why is it Disney the right fit? And then let me show you Peacock. If you download the Peacock app, it looks just like it. It gives you like the Ron uh, Ron Tomato score. Um, this is just an amazing, amazing example. Um, you could tell you can't just make this in a couple of hours. It just just shows dedication, and ultimately, um, it's just an amazing way to stand out. Um, it's like having a joker. Like if you've ever played uh, any card game and you want to have a joker or have an ace in your back pocket, this is it. Um, and if you need, if you like a, uh, some advice, some some help creating this, again, put and put hashtag MC2C in the comments, and I can kind of show you some examples of that. So guys, let me and, and gals, let me just repeat this. So if you got an email saying, "Hey, last minute interview, can't what like what do you do? How do you get ready?" Um, I think the best thing you can do is invest on getting ready on your mindset. Mindset is going to be so, so important in this whole equation. And I want you to focus a lot of time on doing the research on the company, doing the research on the role, doing the research on who's interviewing you. I want you to make sure that you have some questions prepared. I want you to make sure that you ask the final last question. Is there any particular reason why you think I might not be a good fit for, for this role? And I want you to create a potential proof document. This is going to just show you how this is not a last minute thing um, and how my camera just keeps on falling, but it's all good. Uh, we will work with it. And it's just going to show you why you're the best, best fit. Um, um, should you um, practice the star method? Absolutely. Should you answer your question saying this the star method, situation, task, actions, result? Yes. Um, I didn't cover that because that's very more well known. If you do, if you've never used the star method, again, put hashtag um, MC2C um, in the work in the work in, in the comments, and 
in that workbook covers the star method. But when I think about it, when I'm working, um, um, when I am working um, about, when I am working with my clients and I see the most common mistakes is that people are preparing so much for the technical side and people are preparing, like trying to practice behavioral questions. And I am telling you, if you can fix your mindset and if you can do the research and just get your confidence up, that's going to solve all your issues. That's going to solve all your issues. So what I'm going to do, um, if you are here, thank you so, so much for absolutely joining me on this live. You're awesome. If you're just share it, please, please hit the share button. Um, if you're listening to me in the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And what I'll do is that this is what we'll start some, for some Q&A. So if you're in the podcast, uh, you can listen to the Q&As. If, but just let you know, this is kind of like the end of the podcast podcast. But yeah, if you have questions, uh, type them in the chat. Let me know. I'll stick around. Um, I did have some questions from Alex earlier on, and I'm just kind of want to answer it. So question, uh, what to do when the recruiter doesn't speak specifically about the role? Um, I'm a little com- confused about this question, Alex. So maybe if you're still here, if you can type um, and clarify that, let me know. But essentially, um, what, what role did you apply for? Now, if you are, somebody messaged you, on LinkedIn and says, hey, Alex, came across your profile, think you'd be a great fit for this role, then that to me sounds like an external recruiter, not an internal recruiter. That sounds like a recruiter that is working for a staffing agency that wants to fill the role. And they are not, they don't necessarily tell you the name of the company or the role right away because they don't want you to go and apply to the company directly because then they don't get commissioned. So what they like to do is talk to you on the phone first, Alex, to see if you're the right fit. And if you are, they will submit you to the company that way um, based on the country that the, the, the contract that the company and the staffing agency have, if they're the ones that submit your application or your resume to them, then they will get paid for you or for you if the company ever h- hires you within a year. So if if somebody's reaching out to you about a role and they're not specific about it, most likely it's an external company, uh, external recruiting agency, um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because they're motivated by money. And if they think you're a good fit, it most likely are is that you have some of the qualities that the hiring manager is looking for. So I hope that answered your question. I think that's what you're going for. Uh, but let me know if that's not the case. Um, and we can go from there. Um, so Darshan, my friend, did you see I used your Peacock example? I just love, love, love that PD, uh, the potential proof document you created. And, um, and you are awesome, an awesome case study for our Mastering College to Career program. Uh, I think you joined the program and within like two months or three months, less than three months for sure, you had an amazing job offer lined up. And I, I kind of want to give the credit to you because you freaking did an amazing job um, executing uh, the program, creating amazing potential proof documents. And so, so much, man. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you. Um, question from Daniela. Uh, when should you do the research about salary range for the role before the first interview or future interviews? Um, that's an amazing question, Daniela. I think, um, I think, I think for me, I would want you to do this research, right? I know that you're part of my program, and so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expect a little bit more from you, right? Uh, and with that being said, Daniela, I want you to do the research now, right? Because I don't want you to waste your time going through the interview process and wasting time building potential proof documents waste your time doing 
going through stuff with a company that is not paying you what you deserve to be making, right? And it also goes back to you like um, answering the career priorities on the first week of our program. If, and I guess let me take this back a little bit. If compensation is one of your top three in your career priorities, Daniela, then I think you should do that research before you even apply, right? If compensation is not that important to you, right? If compensation overall is not that that important, then I would wait a little bit, um, and 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 that that would that would work, right? And so just let me slow down and say to you, because I know you, and, and right, I would say do the research um, and say uh, I would start doing the research now and try to only apply for jobs that meet the goal that you're trying to make, right? Um, and I think that's where I would I would start, and I think. For, for all of my clients, all my mentees that are here, right? I want you actually to start doing all this research, read the 10K report and everything that I talked about this already. Don't wait until you get an interview. You're going to get an interview. It's like start doing this research already. The research should help you determine if you apply for the job. And I don't want you to apply, apply, apply. And then once you get the interview, then do the research. I think that's very reactive. I want all of you to be proactive be more and more proactive about it. Um, but amazing question, Daniela. I hope that makes sense. Um, and yes, I think ultimately you should do the research as early as possible. And if you're motivated by money and if compensation is one of the top things you're looking for, you should be doing that before you even apply. Um, Sardashan, thank you. I appreciate you for shaping me to be in it an interview that I wish I could be. You are the man. I appreciate you. I think I even read that wrong. This is what happens when I've been speaking for, for over 42 minutes. Um, awesome, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I hope you're doing well. What other questions you all have? If you guys don't have any more questions, um, if you guys don't have any more questions, then definitely um, let me, uh, I'll let you guys go. If you are watching the replay, uh, put your questions in the in the comments and I'll come back and answer them. Um, also, again, if you want the workbook, uh, put hashtag MC2C and I will make sure we get it to you. Um, and also, if you are just for the first time being introduced to me um, and would like to uh, attend one of our, our client calls, we have two of them a week. Uh, we have one uh, next week. Uh, we have one tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, July, uh, June 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, also send me a message on LinkedIn. And we can get you to attend uh, and be a guest or one of our client calls so you can experience it. Um, and lastly, thank you guys all so much. You are all awesome. And I'll catch you guys next week on another LinkedIn Live. See ya. You've been listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. In an age of short attention spans, this speaks volumes about you. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.